Okay, welcome, dear listeners, to another captivating episode here on the Wicked Camper Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Phyllis McKenzie, and today we're taking a shift. We're not going through our UFO journeys or is there a ghost, is there not a ghost journey. Today we are like engaging in something new, something fresh, absolutely historic for the podcast. I have a guest with me today. Her name is Risa Miller, and she will be introducing us to these ancient practices, if I can say, to our modern audiences today, bringing something old into the 21st century that most people only see in Harry Potter movies and everything else. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, she'll be telling us everything to do with tea leaf reading and smokes crying. So without further ado, Risa, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me, Phyllis. Yeah, I'll just let you introduce yourself in a nutshell. Who is Arisa Miller? Well, I actually wear a lot of different hats, but over the course of my life, divination has always been part of me, part of my family, part of my story. And uh, today, since we're going to be talking specifically about tea leaf reading and smoke, uh, tea and smoke, my two favorite things when it comes to divination, I will say that that journey probably technically started when I was a really little girl and I learned how to start seeing patterns in chaos. So do you want me to just jump right in or do you have questions? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can just okay. jump right in because I'm sure before we can get even into knowing what tea leaf reading and smoke crying really is, I'm sure the audience would want to know what led you into definition in the first place, right? Perfect. So interestingly, I will tell you that I was trained as a journalist and a researcher. So I have a very analytical mind. But Mm -hmm. divination is the opposite. It is truly the equal but opposite to being analytical or scientific or researchy in any way. Divination is a completely intuitive art form. And you must deeply learn to trust yourself in order to do it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest parts of the divination journey for anyone who who decides to go down that path. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I would say that my diviner training started when I was a little girl. I didn't know that it was starting already, and I don't think that anybody intended for it to be that way. But Mm -hmm. um, to occupy me when I was a child, my dad, who went to art school, used to play a game with me called scribble art. And what we would do is we'd each take a piece of paper and Mm -hmm. close our eyes and scribble all over it and then trade. And then we would look for patterns or pictures in the chaos of the scribble. And first using crayons and then over time um, markers, colored pencils. As I got older, we Mm -hmm. we would find the pictures in the chaos and fill them in and draw them. And so I learned at that very early age to see. I learned to discern patterns in something that to anybody else doesn't look like very much. This is the big part of reading tea leaves, that I can look into a cup of tea grounds and I can see pictures. And Mm -hmm. I can, over the years, I taught myself to interpret them. So the tea journey itself began when I was about 16. My mom gave me my first loose tea. 
And Mm -hmm. um, back then, I'm 48 now. So back (laughs) then, that was a big gift. It was really special. I lived in a small town. You just, loose tea was very fancy. And Mm -hmm. it came with this little metal tea strainer, this tea ball. Well, that thing broke the very first time I used it. It was a piece of junk. And um, the tea was just sort of floating around in the cup. And I wasn't going to waste it. It was too fancy. It was too special. And so Mm -hmm. I drank it anyway. And uh, the tea started sticking around the inside of the cup. And I said to my mom, this looks like a cat sitting here in the inside of the cup. She said, that is a way that people do divination. You should keep looking. See what you see. So I did. For a very long time, I kept looking. And I filled a notebook with little symbols and drawings and things. And I was learning to see the teacup. But learning to read it, uh, to interpret those symbols, came later, over time. There was no book at the library back then. There was no Internet, no Google. And I had to find my own way into reading the tea. So I did. I took my symbol notebook and I started intuiting what those symbols meant to me. So, for example, that first cat, the cat became home. The cats were about home and their body language to determine what kind of situation was going on at home. And um, I just kept assigning meanings to things as I went along. So a skull meant something from the past is on your mind. Mm -hmm. And... um, Basically, over time, I took the drawings in that old notebook, and I started drawing, like you can see here, um, mm-hmm. people's, people's teacups. You've probably seen this um, on my various pages. I, yeah. I take the whatever's in the cup, and I create a pen and ink drawing of it for each person who gets a reading. I always say mm-hmm. this, is, this is the story. This is where the story begins and goes in its, you know, beginning, middle, end. So that is tea leaf reading for me. So tea leaf reading is a a form of divination that is really, really old. It does go back to times BC. Nobody knows exactly where it came from. Uh, The history is a little fuzzy at the start. They don't know if it came from Asia or India or North Africa, the Middle East, somewhere. Mm -hmm in there somewhere Uh, but it came through Europe on the Silk Road which was a trade route and it landed in America from there now there are people who do it with tea there are people who do it with coffee there are people who do it with um, coffee you've seen the coffee yeah but I never believed it I'm like okay if I look at my cup myself I'm like okay this just looks like extra dirty things under my cup and I can't see things I'm like okay this is cuckoo. <laughs> this is just cuckoo. <laughs> well, to learn to see, you have you have to be really patient with yourself. It's it's a skill, and mm-hmm. um, I would say try it again. Just be open to the process. Uh huh. Because I've always been open to so many things. Like mm-hmm. I remember back in high school, that was like five years ago. Um, when I joined high school, I joined high school when I was around 14, 13. That's when I joined high school, my first year of high school. Where I'm from, we go to high school for four years only. So you go to school for four years only and you're done with high school. So when I joined, I was like around 13, 14. And the first time I joined, it was a boarding school. I'm away from my parents. It's like this 
girls and boys mixed boarding school and my dad was like you know what we won't take you to a girls boarding school for the first time first start off in like a mixed school it's like a family for you go there keep your mind open and you're like going to have fun and all that and I'm like okay that's what I'll do I'll keep my mind open this these are people who don't know me they won't judge me for anything and all that and I started opening my mind started seeing things and um People thought it was weird. Like you said, you should open your mind to things. Not, I, I couldn't open my mind into a diviner type of way because at that moment I was like, okay, I know what definition is, but it sounds weird. But I understand other things. I'm like, maybe, maybe if I just open my third eye, I open my mind, I can start seeing things. And slowly by slowly, I actually started seeing things, like in a medium level, started seeing things. And I didn't have any person to talk to. So a couple of people would just come to me and they're like, okay, Phyllis, what are we supposed to do regarding this and this situation? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? And then whatever I would tell them, no matter the situation they're in, whatever I would tell them, it would actually happen for them. And then they're like, you know what, girl, we should come to you for everything. And I actually used to wear these like crescent rings with me I used to keep them because of the gift from my cousin. Do you know they actually stole those because they're like, you know what, maybe, maybe <laughs> those earrings are what gives her <laughs> the bad eye. And it's actually skeptics because you know being african being in an african country mm -hmm. people are like whatever you hold on to and maybe brings you good luck maybe that thing that thing we should take it away from you and your luck will go but surprisingly something in the universe is always with me giving me that sight giving me that good luck and i'm like you know what something is out there looking out for me something is there showing me things i'm a christian i know that but i know it's not god it's something else it's something else so I understand what you're trying to say with opening your eyes to more possibilities. And that's what, what I try to tell my audience with this podcast. This podcast is here to open your eyes, mm -hmm. especially with things like this. Divination is not something people will welcome into their household. Like how many people have you told in your lifeline? Like you're already in your 40s, heading for your 50s. How many people have you told? that you can actually do smokes crying and they believe you. I don't know if they believe me, but I'm pretty open about it now. As I've gotten older, I, I don't care as much mm -hmm. what people think. Their judgments just don't bother me anymore. And um, yes. I've, I've kind of made peace with myself more as I've gotten older. And um, there are people who are going to like me and there are people who aren't going to like me. And that's just how it's going to be. And, you know, other people believe things that I don't, and I respect that. I respect that we can all have our own opinion, our own beliefs, our own systems of, of existing. But mm -hmm. I do believe there is more than meets the eye to our world. And I think that it is naive to believe we're here alone. And uh, even though I'm trained as a journalist, and I, I do love it. Yes, I do love facts. I love facts. I love things I can verify and I can see and touch. But it just isn't everything that doesn't tell the whole story. And I I do believe there are other energies around. I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, there can be bad things. But, I mean, people can do bad things, too, sure. without the help of any entity at all. So <laughs> that's also a fact. But, um 
I I really do think that everything like what we're talking about divination seeing the 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 third eye feeling it is available to everyone but you have to open up to it and you have to trust yourself you really do you have to trust yourself when those those feelings come when you see the things that are your messages if you don't believe it it will just slip right by and eventually you just won't get the messages anymore it's like if you don't answer a call sooner or later that person will stop calling same idea. yeah yeah you won't have voicemails every single time that you try to push it away sometimes the voicemails will stop and suddenly you have no more calls you're just there waiting moving on waiting yeah. for the afterlife if you even believe in the afterlife <laughs> well yeah I'm, i'm with you yeah yeah anyway we have already known or have a foundation of tea leaf reading right now but mm -hmm. i'm quite confused what what in the world is smoke crying because i'm sure a lot of people don't know what it is All right. So yeah, and everybody who's seen or read Harry Potter has a a baseline for the tea leaf reading because Professor Trelawney does it in one of the movies and books. So Smoke's Crying is way older. It goes back to the beginning of fire. It is in the pyromancy family, which is using fire for divination. And its true origin is unknown. I would I would imagine at the beginning of when humanity found the way to make fire this probably started because people have always sought answers to uncertainty people have always wanted to know the how to manage their risks and you know what what was coming next i think the smoke scrying is probably that old like civilization old so mm -hmm. it is the pyromancy um answer to looking into smoke gazing into smoke and seeing patterns and shapes and sometimes it is so specific that even words come out it is absolutely amazing and um you in a in a more tame uh modern setting you can mm -hmm. use candles or incense to do it you do need a candle that's not too nice i know that sounds really funny but if you get a really nice candle it has a smokeless wick and um, mm. you, need, you you need a candle um this is one of mine that i use you need a candle with a wick that actually still uh puts smoke out <laughs> so yeah uh, modern modern technology modern crafts people have <laughs> made it just everybody too, too wants smoke this <laughs> yeah exactly so you have to find a candle that still gets smoke now i do mine inside and i do it in a controlled setting it's easier for me to see it if i can use a light an electric light and a black background and put the smoke in front of the black background and light it makes it a whole lot easier to see and now i'm sure at the beginning of time it was more like watch the smoke outside a lot of native cultures use smoke for divination and for signaling and and communicating with each other so smoke has mm -hmm. been part of our our system of communicating forever and the other thing to know is that smoke has been part of divination at least since the oracles were at delphi because they used it too they used to gaze into smoke for some of their answers now they were very mysterious i don't know if you have done much reading about the oracles of delphi um but uh they they said a lot of things that were very esoteric and took a lot of interpretation so i actually find smoke uh, as a, a divination form to be very direct 
And if I ask it a question, I find its answers are, are, are quite direct and easy to interpret, maybe even more than T, because it moves really fast. And uh, the minute you verbalize your question, the smoke will change and it will answer. Now, you it won't hold it forever. <laughs> you have to be quick. You have to be focused. You have to gaze into it very, very seriously and look. There is a little way to learn to do this, though. Uh, use your phone, take a quick picture or a short video, and mm -hmm. then look back through. And uh, almost always, you you can see it. Um, there's one on my website, and you can really clearly see the letter U and a big heart in front of it, like, love you. And um, that particular reading was coming through from someone who had recently lost a loved one. And the the question was, you know, are they still around? Do they still see me? And the answer was, love you. Mm -hmm. So that was incredibly sweet. And um, I, I, I love the picture so much that I decided to keep it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the other thing you can do with smoke is collect soot in a drawing like this one. And it is, again, it's just like reading the tea leaves. You start to look for patterns and shapes. Um, like you might be able to see, there's like a little little guy here. You see him? Uh -huh. And uh, there's like a, a puppy dog's face here. So there, there are pictures in the soot. Now, when I do those, I don't see where the soot is catching. I, I hold it above the candle, about that far up, and the soot just starts to collect. I move the candle around at random, and the soot will collect on the page. And uh, then that way, people have a little souvenir from their reading, from the smoke reading, just like if, you know, they have a souvenir like this from the tea reading. Mm -hmm. And I think smoke's crying, whatever you're describing as, like looking into it and trying to see images or maybe visions in it, they're sounding similar. In the paranormal world, you do that, but in like trying to see faces in the mirror. I forgot. That's what called crying as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's another name for it. I forgot it. You like put a mirror behind you and a mirror in front of you to create like this vortex. And then you have to light a candle right in front of you. And yep. you just have to st stare deep into the mirror that's in front of you. And the more you look into it, like, the reflections of both mirrors, you start seeing things like yes. things that aren't there physically, but you'll start seeing things like seeing with your third eye. So I think smoke's crying is kind of similar to the whole mirror vortex thing, like looking into it, trying to see what the naked eye is not seeing. It's like yes. your mind opening to possibilities and showing you Phyllis. You mm -hmm. see it right there behind your shoulder. You can see that. You can start seeing visions. You can start seeing another face. You exactly. can see words. You can also see your own face changing, and you're like, oh, my God. You know, it, sometimes it's horrifying, actually. <laughs> I, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't scare me anymore, um, but uh -huh. some people use smoke for their mirror scrying as well. There are people who do water scrying. Um, you can scry in, like, a low, flat dish of water. Um, mm -hmm. Most people either use a candle or smoke for that, too. Um, you can scry in a lake. Oh, yeah. I've been, uh, the Red Indians, I think they used to do that. Mm -hmm. Scrying in water and also smoke scrying, mm -hmm. like outdoors, big bonfire, mm -hmm. using the whole entire thing with chiefs and all that, yeah. and their oracles and all that. I've been seeing that in a lot of Indian movies, like Red Indian native movies. I'm like, okay. So it's like 
not just something being talked about. It's actually something that used to be done. Wait, can you see the whole thing that in movies they tell you that if you go to see a medium or a psychic, they'll try to see through a crystal ball. <laughs> is that is that part it is, of it? Okay, so it is it is crying because in South America the original um the native shamans there did scry into crystals. Now, it has been made silly in movies, but it is a very old tradition to scry into polished stone. Um, whether that was obsidian or quartz or onyx, uh, there were all kinds. It depends on what the stones, what stones were native to those regions, right? And mm-hmm. um, yes, it is actually an ancient tradition to gaze into polished crystal. But yeah, it, you, it, it's been made cheesy in, in popular That's culture. True. Yeah, like it, right now you can't tell me I'll go meet somebody. They'll look into a crystal ball and tell me my future. I swear to God, I won't believe them. Even if it's true, I'll leave there being so pissed because I'm like, you know what? That that crystal ball did not tell you anything. You just asked me a lot of questions, assessed me psychologically, and then told me, you know what, Phyllis, you'll walk out of here, make poor decisions while making your shopping arrangements, or maybe you'll book an unexpected flight because they know I'll do that. <laughs> and it's not true. So I was like, you know what? That's that's out, that's out, that's not true divination, like, there's nothing like that. <laughs> so I'm glad to know that maybe, hopefully, somewhere, there's somebody who actually does it for real, I, like, I, natively. I guarantee <laughs> that, that there are still people who do that, and it is part of their cultural tradition, 100%, because, it, like I said, it is an ancient tradition, it was part of um, the shamanic practice in Latin America, and... Um, when Europeans came to the Americas, they brought the scrying mirrors back to Europe. In fact, it was so highly regarded in Europe that they would find a scryer who would then be in service, direct service, like one-on-one service to kings, queens, generals, because the scryers were considered so accurate and so amazing in the divination world that they were sought after. They were they were considered like almost like royalty level. So um, it's it's a very it's a revered art historically that, mm-hmm. um, like I said, movies and, and uh, TV have made silly over time. So a lot of the places that you see people using a crystal ball now, they're actually glass because real crystal balls are very expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> very expensive. I don't know if you know much about crystals, but even like a little piece of crystal like that is for I don't think I have one here. No, but um, even a tiny little piece of quartz crystal like this or a piece of obsidian is probably like $10. Um, imagine a polished ball of it. it. It's probably hundreds, if not $1,000. And it's just not something that everybody can even get their hands on. It's not um, It's not an affordable knick-knack, you know? It's not something yeah, it's a hobby. to sit around. It's a very expensive hobby. It <laughs> if is. If you're taking it as a hobby, it's a very, very expensive hobby to just have Mm-hmm. Actually, somebody would rob your house and just find stones. I'm not telling you to go rob random houses, people. <laughs> but if I walked into somebody's house as a robber and I just saw a collection of rocks, I'd, I'd probably take those instead of taking anything else because there's a high chance, especially for those people who swear by crystals. I've met people who are like that. They like swear by crystals, like they have crystals for energy, crystals for good luck. I actually mm-hmm. had like a jar 
of I don't know what it was, but it was something powderish, and uh, it came from the Indians. And my dad was like, you know what? If you just grab a couple of that dust and just every single day just dust yourself with it, you'll have good luck. There'll be no bad eye cast upon you. And it was true. Every single time I had it on my clothes, like good luck followed me. Like I had the best day ever. But the one time I forget, the one time I forget to have it in my clothes, it's not even intentional. I'll just remember way after, oh, I forgot. That day would be the worst day ever, like bad luck. And I ran out of it and I'm like, you know what? In the future, I will go to every single place, find every single thing <laughs> that's related to good energy and positivity and just yeah, have it yeah. all around my house. I don't want to know where the culture came from. The more diversity is, the greater <laughs> the greater the greater energy you'll have. Because just imagine if you have like something special from the Mayas or the Aztecs that they considered this is something positive for your life, this will bring you good health. And then you go to the Japanese and then they do the same or any other Asian culture. And then you go deep, deep, deep into Europe and then you'll find those people who are native in there and then they're like, you know what? Just a cup of this tea every single day, you're guaranteed success. You know, I even presume that that's why most Asians have great success because if your grandma comes to you and tells you, you know what, Risa, grab this crystal, keep it beside your bed every single day, walk with this pendulum, no evil eye cast upon you, grab a cup of jasmine tea and you'll have the best day ever. And it's totally true. I've had people who are like, you know what, my grandma swore to me that just a cup of green tea, I'll be perfect. And that's it. I'm drinking I'm some drinking right now. Right now. You're drinking green tea. I actually have an assortment of teas. I have green tea. I have jasmine tea. I have Moroccan tea. Ooh, I don't know why. It's just in my collection. I actually have this other one. It's from a company called Shai Dubai. It's from mm-hmm. actually Dubai. And they make like sweet teas. Uh-huh. They have like a tea made from pistachios and chocolates. They have oh, teas made from sweet dates and apples. It tastes so nice. And it's in a tea bag. And it's already sweetened and it's like dried. It's not like just flavor tea bags. No, it's actually dried dates, dried pieces of apples. And then you have to keep it in hot water and it tastes so good. My favorite is actually the pistachio one and the chocolate because you'll find bits of chocolate, bits of um, what's this Chinese tea? I don't know what the Chinese tea is called, but it's it's like gives you respiratory health. I don't know what the... I don't remember the name, but it has just dried petals of its flowers in it. And when you look, the, I'll try to find if I have, I still have one remaining and I'll send you a pic of it because it is so good. I would and love it that. Smells it smells so amazing. nice. Yeah. It smells yeah. so nice. I just smelled the bag one day and I'm like, you know what? This is the best feeling ever. It's like every single time you smell a Cinnabon. The feeling you get when smelling a Cinnabon is the same feeling you get when just smelling your cup of tea and it is perfect it would be bad for tea tea reading because it won't have like leftover teas but it's perfect not sponsored but anyone who wants to go get shy dubai link it and then you'll go get their teas they're perfect perfect for days like this i'm interested i'll send you the link they're not well known they're like a private company in dubai and they're like so perfect teas. If you serve those for your guests, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll return another day. They're like, Risa, just get me another cup of mysterious tea that you gave me. 
in a in a cute little bag and you put it in a cute little cup. <laughs> oh yeah, like cups like those. <laughs> yeah, like royal tea cups. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of teas, have you ever encountered like any particular surprising experience or a memorable one when it comes to conducting your tea leaf reading or maybe smoke crying sessions? Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd like to hear those. <laughs> so I think one of the funniest stories I have, do you know what a Bigfoot is? Yeah. Okay. A Sasquatch of Bigfoot. So I was um, doing a tea leaf reading for a young lady, and um, she was. It was a love inquiry, which is probably the most common question I get. And uh, I looked in her cup, and I saw a Sasquatch, a Bigfoot, playing a guitar. And I thought I must be wrong. <laughs> that doesn't make a bit of sense. This this is surely a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna trust myself. I'm going to just say what I see and go with it. And sure enough, it was her boyfriend. Uh, He likes to dress up like Bigfoot and play in a band. I would have never guessed in a million years. I didn't know people did that. And evidently they do. And it's a thing. And that is something that he loved to do. and, And she would go watch him. So her love reading started out with her boyfriend showing up as Bigfoot. And that's so random because it's yeah. not like something you'll know from the back of your head, like, oh, no. No. that's something like couple related, intimate, private, like my boyfriend loves to dress up as maybe a panda, play the bongos. And then you see that. Yeah. And then it's you're like, very wait, specific. It's very yeah, you're specific. like, wait, why is that panda playing the bongo? <laughs> well, I, I, I thought it must be a mistake. And I was like, no, you know what? Oh, I'm going to go for it. You know, and uh-huh. sure enough, it was right. I have another one like that um, where I was reading for a gentleman and uh, his question was about family. And I I didn't feel like my cup, the cup was getting the answers he needed. And uh, then I looked again and I saw an iguana, like a big lizard holding a martini glass, like for a cocktail. And I was like, all right, this can't be right. This has got to be a mistake. Um, but I said it anyway, cause I, like I said, I've learned over the years to trust my intuition. And he said, well, we call my mother the reptile and she likes to drink a martini every night. He goes, so that's definitely her. And she was the one that I'm wondering what we're going to do with. Oh my. And so the reading actually kind of took off from that point because there was that iguana with its martini class. <laughs> Well, I bet my readings would be everywhere. <laughs> my readings will be just everywhere because I have every single person who knows me for a specific reason. My mom will identify me for something. My brother will do the same. My dad will do the same. My best friend will do the same. So everybody's identification of me as Phyllis is different. Yeah. I, I don't think my, but it would be unique, actually. Would be unique <laughs> to to actually just go and tell people, you know what? I actually had my first tea leaf reading and it was accurate. And now I know that tea leaf reading is real because it was so accurate. <laughs> I'm sure well, you won't see animals. You won't see animals in mine. <laughs> well, it was. It's just so strange, you know, because I I didn't think those were gonna make. They didn't make sense to me. But they weren't supposed to make sense to me. They were supposed to make sense to that person. 
And uh, they were, I was just the conduit. I was just the person, I was the messenger, not, Mm -hmm. you know, it was not my message though. And uh, like I I had one, um, a woman was asking a question and I kept looking in her cup and seeing a, a wrapped up burrito. And I said, do burritos mean something to you? And she was so happy then. She was like, giddy. She goes, that's the meal my husband proposed over. Oh, that's so sweet. And again, I would have never guessed that in a million years. I I couldn't have known. And it's not something I see all the time in teacups. It was it was a big overstuffed burrito with like vegetables and stuff hanging out of it. And I thought, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna roll with this burrito then. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's um it's always completely individual. Their the tea leaf readings are very unique to the person. They they don't follow a set of rules and smoke is the same. It doesn't follow a set of rules. You know, I had a <laughs> I had a kind of a, a personal uh, thing show up with um, a gentleman I was uh, reading for. I said, um, I said, you're asking me about your lover, but I see the Grim Reaper showing up here. And he said, oh, my gosh, he goes, that's part of how we play dress up. Oh my! And I was like, "Oh, oh!" <laughs> he goes, "You're not otherwise." <laughs> I was like, "I thought something totally different." I was like, but "I get that that's a thing for you, <laughs> and not the usual meaning of the Grim Reaper." He goes, "Oh no, that's that's part of our like you know sexy time dress up." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Well, let's go with that." I <laughs> would have never would have never gone there myself. But um, that was important to him. Mm-hmm. And have you had like scary or maybe questionable readings? Like you've had those readings where you tell your client and then they're like, you know what? That's that's too negative for me. I don't want that to happen. Or maybe could there be a possibility we can just turn things around? Have you had situations like those? Absolutely. So um, no reading is all happy or all sad. Their life is up and down, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's reading has both good and bad, you know, good and bad. And, you know, honestly, if you think about it and you reflect over your own life, there are things that you initially thought were bad that maybe a year down the road, you're like, that was a good thing. That was a blessing in disguise. And then there are things that you start out thinking, oh, this is great. And then a little while later, you're like, oh, this has kind of actually gone sour. So I always tell folks there's no such thing as a good or bad reading, no matter what kind of reading you're getting. Um, there's just life. And it everything is what you make it. So so say when you're looking at a teacup like this. Now, there are all kinds of symbols in here, and they're all about different things. So I'm trying to see if there's like a... Something that might, so this might be construed as a negative symbol, this giant centipede. And it's next to a mask. And I always read this as, um, in this cup, it was someone who was professionally deceptive coming into this person's life. Well, the cup has just given them a heads up that this is coming. So they know to be on the lookout and not to trust everybody with their personal business, to be Mm -hmm. a little more protective and wise about what they share and what they do. So there, I, I always say your spirit guide or your ancestors have spoken through me and said, hey, we had this opportunity to tell you that this person is coming along 
and you need to pay attention so they don't take advantage of you financially or professionally. Now, I can't make people pay attention. That's that's, mm-hmm. that's up to them. <laughs> they have to make their own choices about those kinds of situations. But their ancestors and spirit guides will still come through, will still give the message. It What they do with it is up to them. So I definitely have seen messages like, like that one. Um, I have seen CT cups are open-ended. And I have even seen things like domestic abuse situations, um, people who were being bullied at school. Um, it, it spells out very directly sometimes in the teacup, and it's mm. it can be difficult to talk about. Um, there are moments when I have to say, so are you having some relationship challenges? And what I mean is, um, is your partner hitting you? And I can see what's happening in the teacup, but I don't necessarily want to bring it up. If they don't want to talk about it, they don't want to talk about it. That's that's fine. But I I will open the door. And if somebody wants to step through, they can. And if they don't, I respect it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've seen things like that. Um, I actually had this is one of my all time weirdest stories. I was doing public readings and I had a criminal come in who was Mm -hmm. running from the law. Literally, at the moment, right? At the moment. Yes. And he sat down at my table. He drank his cup of tea. And his question to me was, will they find me? And I said, the police. And he said, I'm not as worried about them. He's like, I'm worried about the people I, I took stuff from. I was very uncomfortable doing the reading, to be totally honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. It was full of guns. Like You can literally just look in the teacup and see guns everywhere. I don't know what he stole. That didn't spell out in the cup, but I basically saw that he needed to keep moving or they were definitely going to catch up and it was not going to be pretty for him. That all that the police would find was where he was shot kind of thing. Um, That was a very dark and uh, probably of all the years I've done this, the darkest cup I've looked at. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that a lot of people out there, they're like, this is these are the reasons why I don't want to go and get myself a reading, even as far as getting a tarot card reading, because sometimes whatever the reading will give you, often it's uncertain. Like I've heard people telling me that that maybe you can get your tarot card reading and then the reading is so unclear. They don't know if it's clearly bad or clearly good. It depends on whatever path you take on from the moment you live there it's uncertain your path is uncertain and i'm sure that a lot of people will get scared let's say if you get their reading like that and then you tell Mm -hmm. them i can't tell you if this is a positive thing or a negative thing but something will happen oh yeah people will go on with their lives they're like you know what i went got a reading and i was told that something might happen so is it good is it bad and often you'll make bad choices and then it ends up being a bad outcome. And then people start saying, oh, you prophesied doom and all that. But in reality, if you just relaxed and went on with your life and waited to see where the path led you. Well, you know, my favorite tarot card is the Wheel of Fortune. And I'm, I'm trying to find it right now in this tarot deck. But I, it's not at the top, of course. Um, the Wheel of Fortune is basically a part of the tarot story. That means that wherever you are now, your luck is going to change. So if you're on top of the world, the natural next step is that what goes up will come down. And what is down will will rise. And what is still building will hit the top. 
And I absolutely love that card because it is basically the cycle of life. And yes, there are within a tarot deck, there are some cards that are scary. This, this one is the tower, but you know, Mm -hmm. I used to think this was the scariest card in the deck because the tower is about change that you cannot stop. So in the picture, um, this deck was, um, this is the Pamela Coleman Smith uh, tarot deck. So mm-hmm. I always like to call her by name because she didn't get credit during her lifetime for this deck. Two white dudes took credit for this, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a woman of color. She painted these, and she died in poverty and was buried in a mass grave in England. But this most famous tarot deck in the world was painted by her. What? Why didn't she get credit? I don't get it. Actually, <laughs> I I know, I know why she didn't get credit because we live in a patriarchal society. But um, I'm looking. I'm still here's the Wheel of Fortune card. So yeah, this is her Wheel of Fortune card, and um, basically what goes down must come up always. And I feel like this is a vague answer, but basically know where you are so you can prepare for what's coming. So if you're down, prepare that things are about to rise. And if you're at the top, prepare that there might be a rest period coming along and that that's okay because we all need that. No one could be operating at like full speed all the time, Mm -hmm. nonstop. We all need that cycle. The planet has that cycle that like day and night, winter and summer. It is a perfectly normal part of of being alive. And uh, people always want a good reading. But I I think that. a good reading is fully subjective, and I think that um, if you go into a reading hoping, like, tell me I'm going to meet the love of my life, well, you know, the funny thing is I've had a lot of people ask me that question, and um, and one example that comes to my mind immediately, a woman came in to me, and she said, I feel like I'm soon going to meet the man that will love me better than anybody else. Well, I, I looked into her cup, and all I saw were the faces of cats and I said I think that you are but I think it's a cat and you know what <laughs> it was she um she soon after was sitting at on her porch and a cat walked up and adopted her and he did become the love of her life and um it wasn't what she expected it wasn't what she wanted to hear but you know what he was a great companion he was reliable he was a fantastic friend, and I believe they're still together. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, it wasn't the answer she thought that she wanted, but it was the answer that was true for her. And, again, her ancestors and spirit guides came through, and they gave her the heads up, like, your, your true love is coming. This is what he looks like, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when it comes to most especially tea leaf reading, when it comes to, I'll, I'll just throw you back into the tarot cards again. You'll find that I've seen readings like that, that a card is placed, but it's upside down. And you'll hear the, the person telling you it's actually not bad. It's the opposite. It's Well, good. sometimes it can, take a, it can take a bad card and make it good. You yeah, know? I, I was actually thinking, very, very perceptive of you. I was thinking about that when I was flipping through these cards because mm-hmm. my hand paused over... Where did it go? My hand paused over the three of swords. And that is the card of inevitable heartbreak and pain. It looks mm-hmm. like this in the Smith Coleman deck. But yeah. if it comes out like this, it means you are coming past 
heartbreak and pain, that this is behind you for now, and you don't have to keep feeling that way, and you can allow yourself to move on, that, mm-hmm. that the horrible situation is closing. So, or, or you dodged it even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, there are times that a, you can invert a card. This is the Nine of Swords, and it's generally considered it's a sad card it's you know you're crying in your sleep kind of thing but this way it it kind of means like okay you're healing things are getting better for you now you're no longer crying yourself to sleep and laying under the burden of all nine swords Mm -hmm. does that happen in tea leaf reading where the person will hand you the cup and then the readings are like inverted or are they always just clearly visual they are all over the place (laughs) Uh so you won't have situations where maybe a cat is upside down or maybe i don't don't read it the same so Uh um the tarot is specifically 78 cards usually 78 there's some like art artistic decks that have different cards but um tea leaf reading is not that well defined And um, as I have gone through life, looking at symbols, learning symbols, um, I started out with my own set of definitions, but then I've added symbols from art and literature and different cultures from around the world. I actually love the Asian reading of the frog being about money. I, I, I was like, this is how I will do it. My spirit guides know that when I see a frog in a cup, I'm going to tell someone there's money on the way. It's just part of the language that I've adopted. So, but I mean, there are other cultures where frogs have other meanings. But for me, when I'm looking at a cup, that's what I read. Now, because the the cup is round, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Top, bottom, all of that becomes a little bit different. So I read it by the energy of the cup in certain areas. I always read the handle area first because that's where most people, that's where they hold a cup when they're drinking. So I say they leave their biggest energy imprint right around the handle. So I read that like I would read the first tarot card. This is you where you are now. This is you on your path at this moment. We're taking a glimpse into what's really happening. Now it's what's really happening, not necessarily what they're asking about. So, you know, I'll have people say like, am I going to get a new job or am I going to have a new lover? And the answer they get is your house is a mess. You need mm-hmm. to clean before you bring a new lover home. Like I've literally said that to multiple people before. <laughs> because when they show up, yeah, start vacuuming. Yeah, they're I, like, you know what? Spring cleaning starts early. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. Like the messages that will come through will be like, you need to get, you need to get yourself together before you bring a lover in your house because it's a mess. So um, there's no tarot card for that, by the way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That is something that would be unique in a tea leaf or smoke reading that that picture actually shows up. So I do use the uh, Native American symbol of the wolf being the fierce protector of the pack. And um, I did see that uh, just a few days ago in a cup and it was literally in front of somebody's house defending it. So when I, was explaining the cup to this young woman it was kind of like tell me tell me what you have a new home and she said yes I do and I said so there's something that you feel unsafe about 
and there's something that's either coming at you from the past or there's a reason you're defensive in your new home. And, and sure enough, that was true. Um, it wasn't just like normal getting used to a new house stuff. It was someone from her past that she was worried about finding her. That's mm-hmm. what the wolf was there to give us the heads up about. You know, wolf is powerful spirit animal. And when they show up in a cup, they they have something to say. But then, you know, teacups can do other very unique things. Um, this one is actually funny. You're going to laugh. I had a woman come to me and she said, everything in my life feels stuck. I feel stuck in my job. I feel stuck at my apartment. I feel stuck with my car. What does the teacup have any advice? And um, she flipped it over and handed it back to me. And clear as day, the word move, M-O-V-E, was spelled out around the side of the cup. Clear as day. You don't need any special skills to read it. And I was like, well, maybe her cup was my cup. <laughs> Her cup was my cup. <laughs> she was speaking for me. <laughs> but we're destined for the same thing. <laughs> and so I, I flipped it and showed it to her. I was like, I don't think you need my help with this. <laughs> and she read, she's like, oh. I was like, I think you just need to move. I said, I think you need to literally start looking for a new apartment. I think you literally need to start packing up your stuff or donating the things you don't want. I think you literally just need to take action and get off your sofa. And she's like, yeah, I do sit on my sofa a lot. I was like, well, there's the answer. That's why you're stuck. You're not doing anything to help yourself move forward. I was like, if you want a new job, you're going to have to get online and brush up your resume and look for one. It's not going to, like, come knocking at your door while you're sitting on the sofa. It doesn't work that way. And, uh, I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But, no, that's not real life. So her cup was so straightforward. There were a few other things in it, but um, it was probably the easiest teacup I read ever in my whole life. And um, another time I, I read a cup for a gentleman and he, he was in a phase of his life where he had recently been divorced and then he got sober and he was trying new things. And he came to me for a tea leaf reading. He had never done anything like that in his life. And uh, he said he was just open to whatever was in there. And the first thing I saw was the woman's name, Jill, J-I-L-L. And he immediately became emotional. And he said, that's my ex-wife. And I just found out she had cancer. And I was like, so, you know, are you doing okay with this? He goes, I, he goes, I didn't want the divorce. He goes, she left me because I was a drunk. He's like, I'm not a drunk anymore. I've got my life together. I've got a job. He's like, and I want to go back and offer to help her get through this cancer, to get through her treatments, to, to, to help her. And I, I looked at the rest of his cup. I said, so the advice of the cup is that if you choose to go back to jail, don't make it a romantic thing and don't make it about you. Make it about her. Make it about her recovery. Make it about what she needs to survive this deadly threat without any pressure from you to move into a dating phase. I was like, so if you can be her friend, the cup is saying, if you can be her friend without pressuring her and just support her until she gets well, then see how she would feel about being in a relationship with you again. About a year and a half later, I received an email from him that Jill recovered and had accepted him back into her life. And he said that he followed my directions exactly. I'm like, not actually mine, but that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. 
that he would go over and take her trash. He would take her to her chemotherapy appointments. He would help with dishes. He would do whatever needed to be done without making it about himself. He would just listen when she didn't feel good or she was sick during chemo. And he's like, I was just her friend. He said, I, I really, truly stuck with it and respected her boundaries. He's like, and then, but without me ever asking, as she started to feel better, she wanted to talk about having a romantic relationship again. So that cup turned out beautifully. And again, it was one of those cups that it was a very straightforward read that had an actual word in it. Mm-hmm. Magical endings. Yeah. Magical endings. That's just beautiful. But I'm curious like, are there any challenges or maybe possible limitations that are associated with your readings, mm-hmm. either with smokes crying or maybe tea leaf reading? Absolutely. So the the first thing that I will say is there are sometimes there are people who have something they don't want me to know or they don't want mm-hmm. anyone to know. And, um, and I don't have one of those here. It shows up as a big block with no shape. I call it a blockage in the cup or sometimes it's just a line around an empty area. Uh, and, uh, that means there's something they don't actually want to share and they don't want to talk to me about. And it, it's very obvious when it happens. There are even times when I will just straight up say, are, are you sure you want to do this? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're literally blocking me from your cup. Like I, I can't get past the gate you've put up. And, um, people are usually like, Oh yeah, then, Okay, that makes sense. And I will give them the option to drink another cup and turn it again, or they can walk away if they don't really want to be there. Um, a lot of times those are folks who get a gift certificate or they come in with a friend or a partner or like as an activity and they just don't really, they're not open to the process and, or they have a secret, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the same in smoke. There are times when the smoke will just burn up in a straight line and nothing will happen. And I kind of would be like, all right, so you don't want to share this with me, even though you're asking about it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, there's something you don't want me to know that's happening in your life. And I, I will, like I said, I will always interact with people. I will say, you know, are you sure you're ready for this? Like, I, if you will open up to me, I, I can give you more. But if they don't want to, they simply don't want to. There's a, those are definitely limitations of what can be there. Yeah, and obviously they will, like, limit your accuracy when it comes to the readings as well, because maybe they begin and then in the middle you can't read anything at all because you're stuck, you're literally, like, stuck between this wall that they've built between you and the reading. And you'll find people are like, you know what, maybe you're not just good enough. Maybe you don't want to read whatever is in there, but it's truly not your fault. You can't see anything because they're hiding something, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I have encountered other readers who work in different mediums and they say the same thing. There are people who are just they don't want to open up. I for whatever reason, they aren't willing to let the energy flow between them and another person. And it it actually sometimes breaks my heart when people are like that. But they're they're looking for companionship. Like they 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 sit down. They tell me, like, I really want to meet new people. I want new friends. I want to find a partner. And their energy is so blocked that they can't even talk to me. And it's kind of like I wish I could just say you're going to have to you're going to have to find some peace in yourself 
and like yourself enough to mm-hmm. share yourself so that your energy can be exchanged with other people. Like I'm a total stranger. There's nothing at stake, nothing at stake when you come talk to me. And um, if they can't even talk to me, um, it's going to be tough to open up to other people. Mm-hmm. And for any of those listening who might be intrigued and want to explore any form of reading or maybe smokes crying, I'll leave Risa's email down below and or a way to reach her and also her website where you can go check see what she does but for those who don't want like a physical one-on-one reading because you're too scared or too spooked out Risa how can they incorporate these forms of divination methods into their own spiritual or maybe personal practices or ways of life well first I'll tell you Phyllis, if they want to see this with nothing at stake, I do have a YouTube page and I post a monthly reading, at least one every month that is free and they can watch it and they can see what it looks like. So Mm -hmm. if they want to try it themselves, I would start with getting a a candle that has smoke or any (laughs) kind of... Not smokeless weeks, people, not smokeless weeks. (laughs) Or any kind of incense and just... Mm -hmm. From a meditative and calm place, you must start in a calm place. You can't, like, come in at a traffic all wired up on coffee and sit down and do this. It just doesn't work. But from a relaxed position, um, maybe when you first wake up or after you've unwound after school or work, gaze into the smoke and see what you see. And do it without judgment or without a, without saying, it says, I'm looking for this. Just see what comes forward. And whoever it is that you talk to on the other side, whether it is God or some other deity or your angels or spirit guide or ancestors, or even if you have a a house ghost that you like to talk to or, you know, a past pet, ask them to send you the message in the smoke and wait for it. Don't don't be like, where, where, where is it? Wait for it and offer grace and gratitude for the message. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful piece of advice because I've heard somebody who actually said that you can get tarot cards for yourself, like the not the ones on Amazon that are like classy or maybe for display, like the original actual tarot cards, like the ones you have for mm-hmm. meditation purposes. You don't have to go to a person. You can just buy them from the, for yourselves and find the answers you seek from within through the cards, like use the cards to open your mind to get the answers you need to tell yourself, go on and do this through the cards, but be patient. Yes. Yes. Be patient. Don't rush the cards just because you don't like what you see. Don't need to keep on flipping the cards, keep shuffling (laughs) until you find the answer that you want to see. Whatever you see is what you need to see. Don't try and find what you want to see. Differentiate between the two. The two. There are wants and there are needs. The cards will tell you what you need, but your brain will try to tell you what you want to hear. So, <laughs> You know, the other thing I will say, um, for people beginning a spiritual journey, tarot cards are a wonderful system because I, I do know a lot of therapists now use them and incorporate them into therapeutic practices. They, uh, you can actually buy tarot journals where, you know, you can use the cards as journaling prompts and really work through, like, the things that are on your mind, on your brain, in your past, in, you know, that you're worried about for your future. All of that can be addressed through the tarot journals. And uh, they are uh, a good system 
for self-reflection and awareness. Mm-hmm. And I know I've talked about this in a previous episode with a previous about um, astral projection and all things like that. And I was telling him that when I was beginning my journey in meditating, my dad got me books, like this actual books that were written by monks and all that to guide me through meditation and all that. I discovered this journey of shifting. I didn't know what the name was. Later on on TikTok, when TikTok came along, I started seeing people calling, they are calling it shifting and all that, but they were using shifting for the wrong purposes, like just for recreation purposes. But for me, I started using it as a way to find, quote unquote, inner peace, like to try and talk to myself, to discover myself, to see myself with a third eye and discover what I want, what I need and what is disturbing me from a personal level, from a conscious level. And I realize this is actually helpful, especially when it comes to anger management and also just anxiety, because I have terrible anxiety. (laughs) I don't look like it. I don't sound like it. But trust you me, I have bad anxiety, like since I was a kid, horrible anxiety. Sometimes I just sit there, cry myself to sleep, panic attacks from random places, Mm -hmm. just panic attacks. I know it's sad sometimes. (laughs) And when I started all that meditating and all that, I'm like, you know what? This is a great thing. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And maybe hopefully one day I'll get my own set of tarot cards and I'm like, you know what? I'll venture into a new form of meditation for myself. Because I've actually thought about it. I've thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? One day if somebody tells me to go into the far, far highlands of somewhere in Asia, stay with the monks for a month or two, I think that will be the most I don't know even what to call it, but it would be the most peaceful and reflective thing as a as an individual will ever do for yourself. Because especially right now, you just look around and you're like, oh, my God, rent. Oh, my God, school. Oh, my God, this. Oh, my God, I'm stuck. Like the, the lady you were reading to, she was stuck. And I'm like, OK, maybe we all just need to contact monks. They should just adopt us for a month or two and then release us back into the wild. And you're like, quote unquote, healed. I don't want to say healed in (laughs) like a medical term, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, you're just at peace. I think that would be just epic. I think it's a process because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like that Wheel of Fortune card. You know, you will you will go and do your retreats and feel healed and feel full and then life and you have to repeat the process you have to do it again and again and it's just part of your wellness maintenance in -hmm. your in in this life it just has to be that way or you get really frayed yeah and for those listening i'm sure sometimes it's hard but life is like a clock sometimes it won't work the gears won't work it'll just stop you need new batteries. Sometimes you just need to get smacked a little to get your senses back and move on. Sometimes you just need somebody to move you from one place, put you in the next, and maybe, maybe you'll start walking. Or maybe somebody just needs to tell you, hi, Phyllis, need to get up. Stop sleeping. <laughs> Stop assuming things. Just get up. <laughs> you need that push. I need every, Everybody needs that push, needs that tug needs that uplifting pull because sometimes we hit rock bottom and you're just stuck. Yeah, absolutely. And the only 
And when you hit rock bottom, the only place left to go is up. So you just need somebody to pull you and help you get back up. And everything will be perfect. <laughs> but let's change the gears a bit here, Risa. As an individual, how has this journey into definition, like through the ancient practices and all that, how has it enriched your life as a person? You know, interestingly, Phyllis, I think it's just made me a calmer person and it has given me perspective into so many different people's lives. I have seen that no matter how different we may seem, everybody has similar challenges, worries, needs, wants, and it has it's almost made me it's it's definitely made me more peaceful. And um, the practice itself is very calming. Mm-hmm. So I I think it has enriched my life in ways that it's, it's a gift to me is, A, that I can give back to the person seeking for me something that's useful to them, but also that I myself get to feel calm and uh, centered through the practice. And I know earlier you told me that basically you have grown not to take to heart what people say about your work and all that. But when you meet skeptics who come to you and want a reading and all that, how do you deal with skepticism when it's presented to you? I treat them fairly. I just treat them like everybody else. I do my best if if they will even uh, be open enough for me to read for them. But I, you know, I, that's a possibility that the cup will be empty or just a big blob and there's nothing there. But if they are willing to let me try, I give them the same as I do someone who's a regular client who I've been seeing for years. I, everybody gets the same 100% effort from me every time. And, you know, I'm always willing to listen to why somebody's a skeptic. And I have absolutely read for engineers and scientists, and it's fascinating to me that they show up at all. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes they just want an experience. They want a, a walk into something that's not everyday life for them, and they just want to give it a whirl. And, you know, if they'll let me, sometimes I surprise them. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, sometimes I just check when, especially on Reddit, you'll find that there are a lot of stories about believers versus skeptics, depending on the field of choice. It has to do with UFOs, it has to do with divination, it has to do with especially paranormal activity. You Absolutely. find people go to lengths, like horrible gruesome lengths, to ensure that skeptics become believers. I was actually watching on YouTube like this crime let me call it true crime yeah it was like this not even a murder mystery it was an actual crime by 12 year olds back in 2014 they were trying to prove that the slender man was real and they actually went as far as stabbing their own best friend this i know the story yeah yeah and this was horrific and i was watching it last night and i'm like wait 12 year olds did that i know they have schizophrenia and other mental issues but 12 year olds just to ensure that the whole world knows that Slenderman is real. And you'll find that those are not the only situation. Grown-up people do 
weird things just to ensure that everybody believes UFOs are real. They'll try to fake an attack. They'll try to fake stories. They'll try to fake news. They'll actually try to self-harm just to ensure that, oh, my God, I was attacked by UFOs. And I'm like, why would you go to those lengths? If they don't believe, they don't believe. People have freedom. They have free will. You don't have to actually believe in divination. You just have to understand that this is a practice. It's there and it works for a lot of people. So if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean it's not real, right? I mean, you can say the same thing about antibiotics. They don't work for everything, but sometimes they do and they'll save your life. But Uh they, they aren't the right answer for everything. Yeah, true. There are some antibiotics that don't work for me. I have to use some specific ones. Some don't work for me. That doesn't mean that I'm not sick. That doesn't mean that they have misdiagnosed. No, it just means that that particular thing, it's there. It works for most people, but for you, it just won't work. And that's those are things that people don't understand, basically. They're like, Phyllis, why are you doing this podcast? You had an original podcast about arts, about facts. You're a journalist. You're sworn to ethics. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also human. <laughs> I might be sworn to ethics, but I'm also human with my own beliefs. So I have a second podcast where we do things about UFOs. We do things about demonology we do things about divination we do all the weird things that people don't want to talk about but it's there there. we all have a shadow and Mm -hmm. i think that if we want to embrace our light we have to also embrace our shadow it's the equal but opposite part and you can't not have one everybody has you have to have one to be here to be three-dimensional you have a shadow so Mm -hmm. Unless you're a ghost. (laughs) Ghosts don't have shadows. (laughs) Or do they? (laughs) We've never seen a ghost. Maybe unless you have a shadow person, maybe. Maybe. But we're going to talk about ghosts another time, right? Yeah, we are. (laughs) It just pops up. It's something that happens on this podcast. (laughs) Ghosts just happens. (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 won't, I don't want to spill all my ghost stories. I'd rather save yeah, them for you. Yeah, we are preserving those. We are preserving those for another episode. But for our listeners who are inspired by your journey and maybe would want to, like, delve upon the world of divination for themselves and maybe start practicing or maybe start opening themselves to the third eye, what advice would you give them when it comes to tea reading or maybe smoke scrying? The advice is just to practice. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong way. Uh, you can watch videos on YouTube. You can find books on the subjects. But really, it's just about making it your own, about making it your practice. Practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, don't forget, keep an open mind Risa has been saying that from the beginning keep an open mind for you for anybody who's trying to send you a message for clients possibly that you might have in the future all of you should keep an open mind because if you close your mind to something you won't receive the call true absolutely <laughs> true yeah but now we're coming actually to the end of this insightful episode sadly we're coming to a close of it. But as we come to a close, what would be the final words you'd like to read, to like push out to the audience today, tomorrow, whoever is listening, whatever time you're listening this 
podcast on. I don't know. But Teresa, what would be the last like parting words you'd like to push to our audience? I think I think the best thing I can say to anyone is to be gentle with yourself and to trust yourself. Great advice. Perfect advice. Stay true to yourself. <laughs> I know people say that a lot, yeah. but it's it's actually some something that people find hard to do. Staying true to yourself. A lot of people, they're like, you know what, I have to do this because a lot of people are doing it on TikTok or maybe on Instagram, or I have to do this for my friends, or even the worst thing of all, I have to do this because my family expects me to. I know your family expects you to do a lot of things, but staying true to oneself will also mean staying true to those around you. So great advice, Risa. (laughs) And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and experience with us today on this wonderful topic on divination you're actually going to be like the face of divination on this podcast (laughs) nobody has talked about it (laughs) you are our first let me just say expert on this topic you're our first tea leaf reader you're our first diviner is it a diviner diviner Diviner. that's the word yeah I'm making up words and they're actually real words. Ooh. <laughs> Give me a dictionary. I should be writing these things. But it has been truly been an exciting and very enlightening conversation with you. And I'm sure that everybody who is out there has enjoyed this podcast. And if you have enjoyed this episode today, please, please, please go check out Risa's website. You can reach out to her with any queries you or maybe any um what can i call service requests maybe you want to have your own personal experience when it comes to smoke crying or maybe tea leaf reading or maybe tarot card reading i'm sure a lot of people would want that so all the links will be in the description down below including our social media pages but until then you guys stay curious stay open stay spooky as well and i'll see you guys on the next episode yeah, the weekend camper podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>